Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live here at Gunnar Nordstrom's Gallery, epicenter of the Bellevue Social Life. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with my co-host tonight, Count Cody. Well, delighted to be here. I know. We bring a little sunshine to this very dark and dreary. Oh, my gosh. This is such a Monday. <laughs> it's a Monday, but we're going to make it perfect. I think we will. And the little sparkly lights outside just indicate the whole Christmas holiday coming, which is exciting. I, I have to admit, I do look forward to the holiday lighting and stuff. Um, have you seen down the streets in Bellevue? They started putting up all the little post totems for the drummers to stand on and um, all that good stuff. I did see that when I was walking around last week on the show, and boy, it it does. It just creates a festive feeling. I mean, in your soul, you walk down there, and I instantly felt holiday. Oh, yeah. I know that little kid in you comes out like, oh, the drummers are coming, the drummers are coming. <laughs> I think I enjoyed them more the first year they were here than my kids did. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to be talking um, holiday events, how to make your holiday events fab and functional, as well as um, table settings and party hosting. So. We're going to be going into that in just a few minutes. We are opening, of course, with our on-air wine tasting. We have um, Brooke from um, Padded Creek here sampling us with one of their reds. Uh, Always a good one. This one I really, really like because it is so versatile. And this is the one that we're talking about for Thanksgiving, isn't it? It works really well for actually all holidays. It's it's the basic red wine. It's the 2008 Creek. it's seven different varietals, everyday reds, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Syrah, Grenache, and Mavet. So it's one of those uh, wines that really hits everyone's palate in the right way. It's not necessarily one I would pair with anything for Thanksgiving. It makes for the perfect, like, pre-dinner wine. You know, when you first arrive and Great Aunt Ida is driving you up the wall, and your mother's yelling at you because you're burning the turkey. And you just need that drink right now. This is like, give me the wine. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Flashback. Um, anyway, so holiday function. <laughs> no, it really is just the everyday, really great wine that you know, for the holidays. It's you don't want to spend a huge amount of money on just those everyday things. And yeah. it's great for, um, for, um, before dinner. Yeah. Appetizers. Yes. Thank you. When you walk in the door, exactly. hand it to the guest. Exactly. Love those it. words I can't come up with. Right now. <laughs> well, that's because you're off to go do yet another event exactly. on a Monday night. <laughs> yeah, but it's an excellent wine. I'm, I'm a fan already. Mm-hmm. It's very tasty. Mm-hmm. So now, um, you are located, um, locally here in Woodenville, right. in the Woodenville Wine Tasting um, uh, area there, that little fabulous yeah, neighborhood. Hollywood School District area, or otherwise known as the Woodenville Tourist District. There we go. And so with everybody running around to try to go out and get their um, holiday wines and stuff, you are one of the ones that we're promoting for um, Shop Locally on yes. Saturday, because that's the Shop Locally day this year. And so what are your hours, and, but, and what's the price of this? So this bottle is actually $16, which is really going to say is the perfect entertaining wine for those Mm -hmm. events where you're just having a whole bunch of friends come over and you need something that is really delicious and cost effective. You know, Uh you don't want to break the bank, especially this time of year. (laughs) So 
you know, this is a great wine. Our hours right now, um, specifically this week, because we're heading into Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. um, I'm going to be open tomorrow and Wednesday from 11 to 5. Awesome. I'm closed on Thursday, obviously. Obviously. I'm going to be eating. I think we all be. We'll we'll be in food coma. Yes. And then Friday, I'm refusing to do that whole really early wake up and open up my doors for wine tasting, even though I think most people need a little bit of wine. Well, what did they say? The easiest way to get over a hangover is to start a new one? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but I will be open at 11 on uh, Friday and Saturday and close around 6. Awesome. So, for our last-minute wines for Thanksgiving, there's plenty of time to get in there. Oh, totally. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. And I hope your next event is fabulous. I hope so, too. Thank you. Take care. Okay, so we are going to go right into um, our topics. Uh, whoa, we this this show is brought to you by Sweet Talk Wipes. Um, just like our hands, our cell phones need to be regularly cleaned and detoxified. Order yours today at www.sweettalkwipes.com. Okay, so holiday table settings, party hosting, and what you can do to make your holiday events fabulous and functional. Mm. Favorite subject in the world. I, I know. I don't think I could have gotten this. a better a co-host for this, <laughs> considering uh, what it is that you do, which we were just, you know, let's let, tell our listeners a little bit. You focus on events, and you just recently got back from Dubai doing sure an did. incredible event. Incredible. Uh, yeah, and, um, you know, it was, it was kind of neat there. I'll tell you one thing. I'll just listen quickly there. It was interesting to see... Uh, you know, what's being done on that side of the world and what we do here. And, you know, there were definitely some differences. And, um, you know, I, I felt like I was kind of a trender over there. I, I, I brought some things back with me, and I also got to show them a few things of maybe how we do it here in Seattle and in the States. So yeah. It's a nice balance, real nice balance there. Well, very cool. Well, I'm sure you'll have some fun ideas for us to add into our festive holiday thought process. For sure. Okay. Well, Count, let's start with holiday table settings. All-time favorite there. Well, you know, of course, one of the the first things that um, is a big point um, when I'm doing with hosts and hostesses is the height there of uh, arrangement and decor. And you never want to hit right in that eyesight line of your guests. So either keep it low there or keep it high. Yeah. You know, because that can kill a party. Well, yeah, I remember I did a cocktail party one time, and I had these beautiful floral, you know, pieces. It was two centerpieces, so they were offset from each other. And, you know, I looked at the table standing up. Everything was perfect. Oh, it's so pretty. And then, you know, we sit down, and we go through the first course, and I'm looking over or around trying to hear the person talking about, oh, my gosh, first major faux pas. And you don't really think about it until you literally sat down at the table, so one of the things I always encourage people when I'm helping them get set up for events is set your table. I always will do a trial run with my table the week before because it takes the pressure off. Good plan. Um, and then sit down at the table. Mm-hmm. See, you know, how how much space is between you and the person next to you. Do you like where how the, the silverware is sitting? Do you like where you're going to have your bottle of wine? You know, you're going to be passing your foods around from the right to the left or the left to the right. You know, where is it going to be your lay down area? Just so that when you go to sit down that night, you're not, nothing surprises you. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent plan there. And, you know, especially being in the floral industry and working so much um, with, you know, centerpieces and so on, 
Um, it is so incredibly important. Um, like, I love big topiary designs. I love floral oh, I pieces too. like that, you know. Um, but one thing that's really important if you're in a private home is you really have to think, too, then, not only about the visual space across, but you want the, to have the amount of space from the top of the arrangement to the ceiling because sometimes I've seen people put oh, big arrangements yes. in and they're too close to the ceiling and it just doesn't it work. It dwarfs the room. It does. So that's, yeah. that's another aspect that when you're doing these big arrangements, whether you've got a, a professional forest or, or you're doing it yourself, it's a space that a lot of people do not think about. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I I totally get that. I have this really pretty, um, because I do like to have a little bit more dramatic on my dining room table for an idea. If you're looking for something to go above the, the head level, I have this beautiful vase. Um, it's really has a bubble on the bottom for stability and this really thin glass, and then it plumes up at the top. And I did actually, it's probably three and a half feet tall. Mm. And so I put my flat feather plumes and my flowers up on top of that. So then, you know, you're looking through this glass, which is, you know, very thin. It, it doesn't interfere at all, but it kind of takes the table setting up into a three-dimensional. Nice idea. I like that. Just fun stuff. <laughs> okay, next on our list. Um, when you're trying to make your table more festive, we're always, you know, grasping at tablecloth and, ta- and napkins. And, and typically when you go into a department store, you're looking at it and they go, oh, here's your tablecloth and your napkins and everything matches. And then you put it on the table and you're like going, that's blah. So what I always encourage people to do is uh, utilize your color in in different areas, just like nature does. So have your plates be maybe one color and accent with a, a smaller plate or a charger to bring in that color during the holidays your wine glasses. I mean, typically everybody's been given some kind of a colored wine glass. That's a perfect time to use it to bring color into your table, um, serving dishes, that kind of thing. What about you? What kinds of things have you done to help, you know? Well, like you said, you know, you brought up a really good point there. And um, as an event planner, whether it be, you know, big or small events, um, linens are the foundation of everything. So a lot of times what I'll do is if I don't have the correct linen, that's one thing maybe that I'll go out and rent to mix and match maybe with what I have in home uh, or so on because it really can create what you do. But like you say, I am a total service plate and charger boy. I am I love, fanatical yeah. about I love that. Those. And, you know, just as a designer too, chargers and, and service plates don't always have to be um, the traditional thing that you might think. I sometimes will go out and I'll use platters for them. Yeah. And, you know, it makes a huge statement, and they're fun, and you can find them on sale. So if you're doing a smaller dinner party and you're out, you know, some big chain store and you see them, buy 12 of them if they're on sale. Oh, I've gotten them at, like, Joanne Fabrics. I've gotten Mm -hmm. them at Macy's at the end of the season. I've got red, gold, silver, you know. And those are those pieces that you can use, like the red ones. I'll use at Valentine's Day and put cookies on when I have, you know, a a little cocktail party. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, you're I totally I'm a big fan of chargers because of what they can bring to the table, the dimension that they can bring in, mm-hmm. and placement and everything. You know, another one that I'll also sometimes throw in there is sometimes I'll do a double napkin. No, I saw that on your yeah. Dubai. Now, yeah. tell us a little bit about that. That was really neat. Well, you know, I, and it's just purely for peacocky show, but who cares? <laughs> That's what dinner parties are for. You know, let's bring it on and make it good. So, yeah, sometimes I will uh, do a traditional napkin fold. Um, and I'll have my uh, flatware placed in that. But then a banded around that, I will pull in another napkin, and, uh, you know, it's just, like I say, it's just to be a peacock. That's the fun of it. Let's have fun and make this gorgeous, and you know what? 
Maybe they need two napkins. Who knows? Well, and the one thing that I thought was um, I saw you had used two different solid colors, and I, again, I was thinking with um, play settings. Uh, typically, I will do a solid, like a red or what have you, um, tablecloth, and I also have the white, like cream ones that have the the you know pretty little ribbon at the bottom of them. You know, that's mm. more of the holiday traditional. And I started thinking, well, I could use the red tablecloth. You. The, the cream one with the ribbon that has the red on it mm-hmm. and then another solid red so that you're pulling the colors and still breaking it up a little bit. Yes. And I've done seen the accordions and put the flowers on the on the plate or on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you typically, you know, put the napkins on the plates or are you kind of all over the place? You know, I, it just depends on my mood, uh, how much space I have. Um, but I guess my, my personal preference is I am... Um, Probably more apt to put napkins on the side because I'm usually working with a very decorative plate. Yeah. And um, show off that I, plate. Yeah, and I want the integrity of that china to to be shown. But you know, if it's a if it's a kind of a basic plate, then by golly, I will put that fabric napkin on there and dress her up. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, on the whole thing with with linens. People typically, you know, they're looking for napkin rings and they have a hard time or they can't find what they want. I have found that when I can't get a napkin ring to, you know, that is going to fit what I'm doing, I'll go into like a Joanne Fabrics and pick up the um, imitation flowers or the imitation um, little decorated, you know, this time of year you can, when you can make wreaths, they have these little, like, I don't know, 50 different designs of, I don't know what you would call them, the little pluck um, decoration, you know, they have the sticks so you can put them in flower arrangements. Like the pick. Picks, yeah. yeah, yeah, the little picks. And mm-hmm. I've taken those and actually just kind of wrapped them around the napkin. And you can do so many different things with it. It's you know affordable and mm-hmm. very easy mm-hmm. to do. You're not having to pay like twelve dollars for a napkin ring. And you know, then I, I suppose you're probably transforming that into a host or hostess gift that you know could potentially be then given to your guests. Oh, that's so, a great idea. Well, yeah. I like that. So you know, hey, they get to have a little goodie to take home. Not only. And it looks stunning on the table. It does. It mm-hmm. does. It's mm-hmm. very fun. Okay. Let's see here. What do we have next? Um, oh, dinner, when you're dealing with a dinner party of a mixed association. Now, mm-hmm. this, I have so many different friends, and I like to mix my friends up. I like everybody. It's like if I could have the ultimate dinner party where all my friends could meet, I would be so excited. But that's, you know, the odds of that. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. And I think a lot of times when I've gone to Christmas parties and stuff, it is a very mixed association. Somebody you've just recently met, you walk in and you're like, okay, I don't know anybody. And what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um Come up with some fun ideas to kind of help break the ice, especially when you're in a sit-down dinner where maybe you're being placed next to somebody you don't know or um, the host has had control of it. Uh, Help break the ice by putting fun topics under everyone's plate that they can share during the meal when they're visiting. That's a great idea. Like um, we're going to be talking about candy canes. And so one of the things I would put under somebody's plate is, did you know the first candy canes were made over 350 years ago? And then like one of those things, oh, I didn't know, and I remember when I was a kid, and just fun things that people, um, it's very easy for people to comment on and get engaged in conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a fun fact, and, and it, yeah, I love that candy cane fact one. That's a, that's a really good one. So. We've got several candy cane facts coming up here. Right on. One candy. of my favorite holiday treats. <laughs> okay, so now I know you've done a lot with flowers, and um, I did some research on when decorating with flowers. Of course, we've talked about what level they should be on the table. Uh, also, if you're unsure of flowers, always consult with your local florist as finding out is, is 
far as if you want to use a scented flower on your table, but they really do recommend when you're doing a dinner party or you're going to have flowers on the table with people eating to have no scent to them or very, very little because uh, especially if it's you've got like a potluck type of thing or where everybody's bringing their favorite dish, you don't know what's going to collide and what may make things taste off just mm-hmm. by people's um, scent. Just the same thing with wearing fragrance. You want to be really cautious about that when you're going to a dinner party. <laughs> oh, completely. I mean, there's nothing worse when you're seated next to someone cologne out or perfumed too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you say that? So I'm always very cautious <laughs> about what I do. But um, they say that the best scent is no scent. And, again, fresh flowers, you may not think about it, but if you get the flowers a day or two before and they're sitting on the table, even if you're rinsing that water every day, um, flowers do have a tendency to age rather quickly. And there's nothing that is less appealing when you're eating than seeing something die in front of you. Oh, completely. So just a little heads up on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you? What are some table setting ideas and info for our listeners? Well, you know, I was going to just point back to a fact right now. You're talking about, you know, scents and flowers and so on. And um, one of the things I do a lot with roses, um, just because I think it's a flower that a lot of people tend to like. But, you know, as a general rule, what I've found um, right now is a lot of the roses do not have a lot of scent on them. Yeah. The scent has been bred out of them. So that's one that, that I am pretty okay using um, on, on most tables there. Um, orchids. I like orchids an awful lot, too. Orchids are beautiful. Yeah. You know, they, my rule of thumb on a centerpiece arrangement, if I can stick five orchids in it, um, even if I have not a lot of money, I will do that because it upscales the look of that arrangement above and beyond. And it just takes five orchids. Wow. Oh, okay. So that's one of the things uh, that I love to do. Simple and elegant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. Let's see here. Now, we do have a, a special tasting that we're going to be doing here. I think we're going to go ahead and break into that before we move on. Black Bottle Postern, which is new here in Bellevue, has um, opened at the base of the Avalon Towers, right? Um, kind of kitty corner from the uh, Hyatt over here in Bellevue. Mm-hmm. And they have this fabulous, very relaxed, casual atmosphere. It's where our after party is tonight. So we're going to go over there and, and indulge in their appetizers after we get done here. But they have launched some new holiday menu ideas uh, for beverages to kind of kick off the holidays. So with that, they um, brought over a little surprise for us and our listeners of their hot buttered rum. And so I'm going to have Count Cody pour this and have some of our listeners, uh, especially if you are a big fan of hot buttered rum, to give this uh, a swig. This recipe comes from one of the bartender's grandmother's recipes. So very fun, uh, you know, type of holiday beverage to bring in. And I think a lot of people are really cautious about it because they worry about it being too much of this or too much of that. So I'll be really interested to hear what everybody has to say about it. Well, I'm excited. I'm pouring this up now. And I tell you, I am a hot butter rum fan. Yum. Okay, here, we're going to, okay, one of our listeners is going to tell us. (laughs) <laughs> Hi. I make my hot butter rum every year for Christmas. Um, actually, I start from Thanksgiving all the way till New Year's. Give it away as presents. And this is actually amazing. It's not too syrupy sweet. Um, it has a great, um, you can really taste the rum. A lot of times with hot buttered rum, you get it and it tastes watery, and then you have alcohol. This is nice and creamy. You taste the amazing flavor of the rum, but it's not like an alcoholic drink. So, um 
kids beware. <laughs> I love it. No, and, and it was funny because I was chatting with um, Hannah. She is one of the managers over there. And they did. They really wanted to bring something special to Bellevue, and I think they did a fabulous job with it. It's, uh, they mixed this and brought it over for uh, in fun little mugs, and it's just very consistent in its texture. What do you think, Cody? Oh, I really like this. Yeah, I, I like it. It's light and... Um, yeah, it's a good mix of, like you said, creamy um, rum and, uh, yeah, holiday holiday galore in a, in a glass. Yum. Mr. Gunner, <laughs> you need to come and try this one. Gunner is our, our location host who, he's, he's always the, the most generous of hosts. We absolutely adore coming here and doing the show. Mm. So thank you, Black Bottle. That is absolutely fabulous. Gary, what do you think? I think it's rummy and it's buttery. <laughs> rummy. And, and, and Amy Lou hit it right on the head. This is really good stuff. This is very, very nice. It, it doesn't. Some of them kind of separate out and sort of, I don't know how you describe it, but it's like. Yeah, it's like the, the milk separates out. Come together. Correct. This isn't like that. This is very, this is very tasty. Yeah, I don't know how they did it because I've never seen a, a hot buttered rum that didn't have those separation marks in the glass. So I see no off. separation. I don't taste any separation. It just all comes together very, very nicely. And this is from Black Bottle. Yep, this is from okay. Black Bottle. So this will be available from now through the holidays in Bellevue and Seattle. In Bellevue and Seattle. Great. Yeah. That make is amazing in, in hot buttered rum, and it's very hard to do without it being cakey. Uh huh. In your mouth, and this is. I don't know what they did, but everybody is happy. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they keep do whatever it is. I hope they keep doing it. I'm I'm assuming. I think I know what the drink that we're going to be ordering when we go over there tonight is going to be. But it's rum. Well, thank you again, Black Bottle Pasta, in here in Bellevue. Okay, Mr. Cody, do you want to break us into acceptable and unacceptable? I. Hi, yeah, yeah, acceptable and unacceptable. You so. Um, um, well, we're going to go into the socially acceptable and unacceptable brought to you by Cascade Ice, only two calories. <laughs> I'm breaking in, Cody, here. He's, I'm a little new here, so I've got to learn say, that. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> but I, I mean, again, like, it's such a, a subject that I just love. So, again, thank you for letting me be here. Of course. It's very fun. <laughs> you bring a lot of fun stuff to it. I like it. You want to start with the socially acceptable? Socially acceptable. So the host or hostess thank you gift. Yes. You know, and that's a big one, um, and it's one that I take to my heart, um, and I think it's important. I don't care if you have dinner for two or 2,000. Yeah. You need to say thank you to your host or hostess. And it, to me, that goes either way, whether you're the one throwing the party or you're the guest. So uh, taking those gifts are great. And like you, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier here, wine's a great option. Wine is a great yeah. option, yep. Um, so, um, again, candles, great one, um, and uh, all kinds of different things you can do. I, I like candy, too. I love candy. Uh, if you know the person and they do a lot of events, I started bringing uh, cocktail glasses or wine glasses because those get broken so often during parties. And, you know, there's there's expense wrapped up in there, and it's always fun, too. I will bring them in sets of two because I've done dinner parties where I will do the couples each have a set of wine glasses that are different from everybody else's. So if you put it down, you don't have to worry about whether or not it's at my wine glass. It's either yours or your significant other. Or Yes, and there's also the, the wine jewelry, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, a certificate for pampering. You know, 
a lot of hosts and hostess, a lot of people who don't throw events don't know how much heart and soul and how exhausting you can make yourself when you're putting on an event. And um, I just think it's a great way to, for afterwards, you know, you, you get into the event, it's a great one, you sit and you're like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and then the next day you're like, oh, I'm going to go get myself that massage. They they dropped me off a certificate for a massage. So if you're looking for something with an extra flair uh, to say, you know, thank you, I think that's a great option. That, that is a great one, though, because that's a thank you within a thank you in that, you know, thank you for the party. And, I mean, just being able to, to say, hey, and you go, Panther. Yeah, I appreciate the effort yeah. that you put out. Mm-hmm. What are your, some of your favorite holiday ah. thank you gifts? What well, do you like to give? Um, a lot of times, I'll, especially this time of year, I will oftentimes do a small poinsettia. I, I think know it's so classic, funny. but, you know, it's something that I feel that most people can probably use in some part of their home, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, this time of year, too, I know it's just kind of the same old, same old, but I'll do a beautiful box of ornaments, but... A lot of times within that, I like to do a personal thank you. So I'll do, let's say if it's a family, I'll do a box of ornaments with everyone's name on it. Oh, that's cute. And, uh, you know, a lot of times for family entertaining, you know. And I just think that's a fun one. And, I like that. Um, so that, that's one that I'll do. And, again, being the consummate host and entertainer here, I do napkin rings. Oh, oh see, I would like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those that get annoyed because I go to look for napkin rain and I look, it's the same old thing. And I'm like, I'm not paying $12 for the same old thing. I'm not paying $30 mm-hmm. for the same old thing with a sparkle on it. I <laughs> I like creative, so I usually end up having to make it myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many different options out there. Okay, we're going to move on to my favorite part. It's just wrong. That's my favorite, but socially unacceptable. Brought to you by Pop Chips. Never fried, never baked, think popped, which they're actually on our table with us. We've been eating the um, salt and pepper ones and the regular paired with some of our wines here, too. Just, you know, give put a little something in your tummy. And I dug into those early. As soon as I sat I down here, I was into that. So, folks, I tell you, I give that my... Account approval. Yes. They're really good. They're lightweight, so they're not, you know, and they have um, two new flavors they're going to be sending us, so our socially savvy listeners will be getting those in the weeks to come. We're very excited. There's a jalapeno one, um, and I can't remember what the other one was offhand. I just briefly saw a, a, a quick pick of it. So the, our rep is going to be sending us a new one. Salt and vinegar is great. Mm, they've got the barbecue. Yummy. They've got the cheddar. They've got quite an arrangement of them, so. Um, if you want something different, oh, and on that, while we're before I go to the unacceptable, uh, Pop Chips was actually the one who got me into doing this. Is instead of doing one big uh, bowl of regular chips, I'll do three to five mini bowls and do the different flavors of chips. So it creates a little bit more variety. You can, um, you know, a little fun on the table. You can put, you know, more colorful bowls out there, kind of look more like ornaments type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. Great idea. Get the little lunch size thing. <laughs> okay, socially unacceptable. It is completely unacceptable to ignore the request, attire, suggestion on invitation. I've said it before, and I say it again. Just don't do it. If somebody mm-hmm. says cocktail attire, cocktail attire for women can mean a nice dress pants. But don't say, well, you know, I'm coming off from work, and I just wear my jeans. Don't ask the question. Don't put them in the awkward position of trying to be nice and then you show up and then you kind of end up with an attitude because, well, gosh, I'm underdressed. Well, of course you are. You asked to be excluded from the dress attire request. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, you make it uncomfortable for you, for the host, and for everybody else around you. I think it's rude, so don't do it. Mm-hmm. Was that nice enough? Uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. It was too nice. <laughs> well, and, and my thought is, is number one, it shows you as being lazy. And number two, if you're going to participate, participate. Yeah, well, it's like our listener said, it is disrespectful. So um, go back, listen to our previous show. I think the previous show we talked mm-hmm. about um, having that emergency kit in the back of your car. Ladies, have your, you know, hosiery, um, a pair of glittery earrings, you know, a scarf or something that you can use to dress up any business attire um, to get away with it. You know, men, have your ascot. Yep. Have your... <laughs> I've always got my extra ascot. Have your extra jacket in the back mm-hmm. that you can throw on. And, you know, and if you are the kind that has a tendency to wear a lot of jeans, throw a pair of slacks in there. You know, go to the dry cleaners, Spend the $4, have them pressed, and, you know, have it ready for you so you don't feel like you're the oddball. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be the oddball, then just deal with my wrath. <laughs> Sorry. That's the way I feel. Okay, so we're going to play with the fun holiday facts. Uh, I put on my blog, there were three different um, holiday facts that I put together, but today we're just going to do the candy cane ones because I never, I just ate candy canes. It was like, okay, there's a candy cane, it's Christmas, I'm going to eat it. I never really thought about where it came from, what came into it. Uh, So I thought this would be a fun trivia to know, especially if you're looking to break the ice with something, uh, put them on a little card, bring it up at a cocktail party. I like using fun trivia that has to do with the the time. So at Halloween, it would be Halloween trivia, at Christmas, you know, Christmas trivia to break up the conversation when somebody sticks their foot so far down their throat <laughs> that everybody is amazed that they're still standing. So if you have these fun little facts stuck in your head, then when somebody goes to do that, you can cut them off or just throw this out there and redirect the conversation. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I know this is because I've been the one with the foot all the way down my throat before. So. <laughs> Wishing somebody would save me. Okay, so the original candy cane had a shape different than the modern-day design. It was stroked. <laughs> cracks me up. It was straight, all white, and hard. Hmm. <laughs> That's a departure from where we're at now. That was a bit of a departure. <laughs> but I had always assumed that it had some kind of striping at some point, but not in the very beginning. So was it all about the flavor? Apparently, yes, yeah. it was all okay. about the flavor at, the, mm-hmm. at that point. It was mm-hmm. very simple. So we've jabbed it up a bit, thank God, because it's not quite the <laughs> attention getter in conversation. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about the next one? <laughs> well, this is kind of fun. If you take a candy cane and you turn it upside down, it makes the letter J, which uh, uh, many believe represents Jesus. Yep. So a little so, religion thrown in there. Yep, you know? If you're a believer mm-hmm. of that, then that's how... Um, I know a lot of people, and I'm going to... Because it is my show and I can get away with it, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be completely socially unacceptable by talking about... But there are a lot of people who have... Um, strong religious beliefs in their culture and in their family and in their traditions. And this is one of the ways when trying to bridge between the Santa Claus and the non-traditional religion and explaining to young children and bridge those two things, I think it's a great way to do it, you know, when you're trying to uh, not take away from Santa Claus. Like we've always told our kids, you know, Santa was a messenger because he was. He was bringing the message of peace to everybody and share with your neighbor and all that kind of stuff. So we always tried to tie those things together. Um, so if you're going to be in a social setting, rather than getting down on it, try to find the things that you can relate and um, kind of bring the two worlds together to make things, I think, a little bit more 
you know, peace on earth, goodwill thought process? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> National Candy Day is celebrated on December 26th in the United States. Ooh. I, I love did, that. I did I, not know there was a National Candy Cane Day. Well, uh, I'm going to have to, like, throw a party and a dinner party just for this. Wow. I mean, can you imagine all the, doing wow. your whole entryway in candy canes and I mean, day after Christmas? Mm. Oh, but yeah, it'd be a lipstick. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> New meaning to the word scratch and sniff. Wow. <laughs> National candy canes. I never even knew it existed. I know. So I didn't either. I'm going to celebrate this year like the world like never before. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead, Mr. Count. Okay, so this is kind of intriguing. The first candy cane was actually made over 350 years ago. I know. I, I was I was dumbstruck. Wow. That's crazy. I love it, though. Why not? <laughs> the first historical reference in America to the candy cane dates back to 1847. A German immigrant from Wooster, let me say that again, Wooster, <laughs> Ohio, decorated his Christmas tree with candy canes. Hmm. So that appears to be where the origination of hanging them on the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I love doing that because it not only does it add color, but it gives the kids something to steal throughout the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, that tradition. I mean, the candy cane is iconic, and yeah. gosh, and now we're learning a little bit more. I'm so glad it's gone from a white strip to <laughs> yeah, a white stick to where we are now, which is kind of intriguing. Yeah, uh, this is kind of intriguing. So the the red and white striped candy canes were actually first made around 1900. So I'm glad that that was done. Ay ay ay. Create a little <laughs> bit of diversity there. Mm-hmm. Um, over 1.76 billion candy canes are made every year. Wow. Now, do you think that's just this time of year? I mean, I, or uh, do you think they're including some of the other candy? Uh, I think they're including uh, some of the other because they. I, I, I skipped up top. It says the traditional candy cane is peppermint. However, it's made in a variety of other flavors and um, color strips. So, if mm-hmm. you walk into like an old-fashioned type of candy store, you're going to see greens and purples and you know all the fun different colors and flavors. So, I'm betting that they're adding all that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, just going to throw in here. I, I like the traditional taste of the, the peppermint candy canes, but I also love blueberry candy canes. I've never They're had so a blueberry. Cotton oh, candy. Cotton, oh, yeah. okay. Cotton candy is good. Oh. I remember that as a kid, and we used to go down to the candy store at, um, at in Seattle at the um, Fun Zone down there. Mm-hmm. I used to raid that candy store. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest candy cane ever made was 36, 36 feet and 7 inches. Oh, my goodness. I, I wanna, I'm going to do some research. I want to find out where that was. Wow. Because that would be really cool. I want, like, four of them outside. <laughs> <laughs> they do, like, stick. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Mr. Count? So, uh, you know, and just in looking at the, the numbers of candy cane, nearly 2 billion candy canes were sold in four weeks before Christmas and Hanukkah. So that's a lot. That's actually... That's a lot. Yeah. No, there again, I'm going to go back. Does that include my blueberry candy cane? <laughs> I think it does, too. I'm thinking it does. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to see how many uh, of the flavored ones are sold at Easter time. Mm-hmm. You've got all the pretty colors. They're very spring-looking when you look Little at the other pink. colors. Well, but the original candy cane was only a stick. It yeah. did not have a loop on it, so... Yeah, that's what they call I guess that's what they do. They call them flavor sticks now versus the candy canes. <laughs> oh, but I, I tell you, I just, 
it, I got to tell you, just as a designer with the new colors and flavors that come out now, it adds, adds a lot for uh, dinner parties that I've thrown as uh, host and hostess gifts throwing candy canes out there because you can have, you know, red and blue and yellow and it's still a candy cane. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's really cute, too, if you could use that and, and tie it in a bow on top of, like, a, your napkin, too. So you could incorporate it that way. Mm-hmm. We're just going to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Socially savvy preparing for the holidays. Here's some of our tips with the holidays looming around the corner. Where we've been sending out tips on how to make sure you're prepared. Um, every week after we get done announcing what the tips are, we add them to uh, the, my blog website. So it's an ongoing stream of holiday tips. So you can go in every week and check out what the new additions are. So you want to start with the, same, the first one, Mr. Cody? Absolutely. So and we, we talked a little bit about this before, but it's a pre-run with your holiday table setting so that you can make sure that um, food can flow around decorations and that there's no traffic flow on your table and things are set to go. Yeah, it puts your mind at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, name cards to simplify seating arrangements, especially if you're working with a mixed group. Um, somebody is insecure. The worst thing you can do is put them, say, okay, everybody, let's go sit down. And they're, you know, you've got a couple singles there with groups of couples, which is typically what happens. And inevitably, the singles are kind of staying, waiting to, for the couples to sit to figure out where they fit in. If you want to make it people more at ease, put the place settings down so that it's not a matter of fitting in, it's a matter of knowing where you belong. I want to ask you a question here because yes. I know I kind of know my thoughts on this, but when you do a name card, do you do first and last name or do you do first name? What are your personal thoughts on that? Um, I, typically, I typically like to put first and last name. Um, if I know something about them, like before uh, when I go to different events around here, people will utilize my nickname, Duchess. And mm-hmm. because they know that I think I love it. I, the, the nickname was given to me, so I love it. If I had come up with on my own, I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, anytime that if it's a formal, I would say definitely first and last. Mm-hmm. If it is a more casual, fun group of people, get their nickname. Put everybody's nickname on it because that becomes a, a topic of conversation, too. It's kind of... No, okay, so who is this? Because not everybody knows everyone's little nickname. That is a fun one. You know, and I have to admit, with, as much as I entertain, I seldom do nicknames. I think I need to bring this in springtime. Yeah, that's it'd be very that's a good time. Well, even holiday. Spring fling. Spring yeah. fling, there we go. Nickname, that's a great one. I like that. <laughs> my nickname, Commander Cody. Commander Cody. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that crazy? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and it just goes back to high school. I was the field commander of our marching band. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm Commander Still Cody. Uh, well, and that's the great thing about nicknames is it does. It becomes this great way of kind of starting conversation, especially, mm-hmm. again, in mixed, mixed things. Um, if you're not doing a sit-down dinner, uh, go ahead and put the little name tags in front of the appetizers that the people bring with their nickname on it. Then they can go, okay, so um, Commander Cody, you made this this appetizer. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about it. And what's with the nickname? So, again, you know, mm-hmm. these little things create fun topics of conversation and ways to um, engage people, mm-hmm. which it, these days the whole idea of being socially savvy, one of the reasons we started the show is people don't know how to engage people. They're, they're you know, concerned about being politically correct or am I going to say the right thing or the wrong thing or, you know, what are the parameters? And so when you set out these little hints and stuff, it allows easy flow of uh, an event. You know, one of the things I like about that with the, the names and so on is that um, it's not it's not a set game because 
I am one of those people that I don't like going to events where there are games. Yes. But this is something that you can participate in or you can kind of shy away from. Exactly. You know, so you can do as much or as little as you want, but I like that. Yeah, because I'm not a gamer. <laughs> yeah, do not give me a pin and tell me not to say a word, because the first thing I'm going to do is look at you and tell you the word and give the pin back. I'm done. Done. So not a fan. <laughs> I love game night. Do you? Oh, oh my gosh. But I came from seven, you know, a family of seven, so uh-huh. what do you do? Well, play games? if there is an event where, like, you're going to a charades party or something, and you go in and you're prepared for it, that's perfect. But when it's a regular, you know, it's kind of like the whole, you know, bachelor parties and bachelorettes and, and showers like that. You're just like going, I hear so many people like, oh, I have to go play games. Where's the wine? <laughs> Everybody's not the, not the biggest fan of everything. Oh, but. no, not me. Ooh, I'll hide. Okay, so I love this one. Dry ice is not just nice for Halloween. It can make a fun beverage and add and stand out in the animation of your buffet tables. Check with your local meat departments to order. It usually needs to be done three to seven days ahead of time. And then you can pick it up the day of the party. Um, Fred, Mar- Fred, oh, I did not realize. I know that QFC, um, they usually ask for a couple-day lead time, but I always suggest a few extra days, you know, as you're getting closer to things. But, um, yeah, it makes – I saw it on somebody's uh, uh, cocktail table where they had um, incorporated it into the beverage. And it was beautiful at Christmas time because they had the little arrangements and the little twinkling lights, and, you know, it's kind of fogging over the side. It was really fun. Oh, and romantic. Just yeah. Just beautiful. Very, yeah. Yeah, very, very fun. Do you know, I actually did a dinner party one time where we had, there's a special kind of bowl out there that is designed for, for dry ice that you can do an individual service so everyone gets their own small. Yes, so oh, everyone. Oh, that would be yeah. fun. Um, so that was something that I did at a party in Beverly Hills, and uh, I'll have to do a little research out there. But listeners, that's something to do a little research on, uh, so that every single person could have their own little floating pot of uh, loveliness, right? Dry ice loveliness. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. All right. Um, another thing, plan your music for arriving, chatting, dinner, and dessert to keep the tempo of how you want things to go. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't take into account what um, how music can adjust people's moods. Uh, and when people are first coming in, you do want something a little bit more boisterous, a little to engage people, get people you know into the spirit of things. And then um, as you start going into dinner, you want the tempo to come down because you want them relaxed when they're eating. You want them to be able to carry on conversation. Obviously, the conversation is going to be a little bit more hushed because you're going to be eating, you know, talk, chatting in between bites. Typically, you don't do a whole lot of talking when you're during the, the main meal, but it's nice to have that music in a little bit lower tempo. Uh, and then, again, you know, as dessert is getting served, start bringing it up a notch so that people don't end up with puppy tummy and, you know, <laughs> lounging in the chairs, and then your party breaks up a little bit sooner than what you'd really like it to. Mm-hmm. So that music can take the tempo back up, get people back up, bring the liveliness back, and keep the, your party going as long as you'd like it to. You know, one of the other things that I do in that, uh, in that same venue right there is I also think about, you know, the volume. Yes. So not only am I thinking Manage about... Manage your volume. Yes. So... You know, I'll tend sometimes to have it a little bit louder as people are coming in. Yep. And I'll step it down or two as we're actually you know, actually eating there. And then I'll pump it back up when it's time to, to get things rocking again. Or to head home. Or to, exactly. <laughs> well, and if you have iPhones, um, a, a lot of people don't realize this, but the Apple stores have what's called Express. Um, if you have their um, Internet 
uh, Wi-Fi unit, there's these little express guys that you can plug in and you can plug speakers into any room. So you basically are Wi-Fiing your house and you can use your iPhone as the remote for your music. So you can adjust the volume right there on your phone without yeah. having to. So just a little bit of, <laughs> a bit of trivia there. Okay, social food for thought. If you want your event to be more uh, memorable, put out disposable cameras so your guests can have fun clicking the night. Uh, anytime you can get your guests engaged with being a part of what is going on, it just it makes it more meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, more comfortable. I think people people aren't always comfortable knowing how they should be and what they should be doing. So if you have lots of different ways for them to engage with people, it takes the cold ice off of everything. I, I totally agree, and that's something that I've done. But, you know, the other thing that I've done, too, is a lot of times I'll get the wedding cameras that are just white, and I'll decorate them to match the event that I'm oh, doing. Oh, that is a great idea. So, yeah, oh, they I have like those kind of pearlescent ones and, you know, just throwing a fun sticker or a ribbon or something kind of crazy, and then you personalize it even more. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even think about that one. See, this is why we have you here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. I think we've covered most of the fun, unless you can think of some other fun little tidbits we could give people for um, being the perfect host. Uh, well, you know, I think it's just it's just to enjoy yourself. And I think the key, and we've kind of hit on this before, is you just want to make people feel comfortable. Yes. I mean, that is, that's why we're doing this, why we're having a party, whether it be a formal dinner party or a cocktail party. You want people to be happy and enjoy themselves. And anything you can do as a host or even as a guest to make others feel comfortable, that's what it's about. So those are the I would keys. agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that just popped into my mind is if you're doing an event, Make sure you, as the hostess, have an hour before that first doorbell is ringing to relax because yeah. your mood and your tempo when you get to the door really does kind of set the pace. And if you're rushed and frantic, those first few people who come in, they're like, ah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I typically will try to give myself that hour to relax, maybe close my eyes for 20 minutes, enjoy the atmosphere of what I've put all this work into, and then when people arrive, I'm ready. Yep. One of the things that I'll do when I'm entertaining at home is um, – if I'm having a, uh, an event and let's say I've got 30 people coming over, I will ask one of my closest friends to come over um, 30 to 40 minutes prior to guest arrival Yeah. because that is a nice cushion right there. And if somebody shows up early and I'm needing to do something, then I trust that person to be able to, you know, help that guest that's, you know, God forbid, 30 minutes early. But <laughs> it happens. They've it happens there. way too often. Yeah. So um, that that is one thing that I'll do, and it's somebody that I trust, that I've worked with before, and um, that also gives me a little bit of breathing space. So I like that. I, make, helpful I, I do that with my husband. I say, okay, you're on. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to relax. You answer the door. <laughs> okay, so let's pop into our social news uh, for the area. We're going to be going a little bit more local with what we're going to be talking about now, so if you're listening to us from California or Texas or from wherever, uh, if you're coming up to visit this area, there's always fun venues to visit, uh, even if they're not specific to the events we're talking about now. Definitely check them out. There's, we have so many fun things to do in the Seattle Bellevue area. It's amazing. Um, new in our news, we have a new Cuban place that's going to be opening up in the Soto District. It may have opened in the last two days. I have not gotten the confirmation. It's sitting right next to Club Sur. It's um, Cafe Con Leche, 
and we will be keeping you updated. We will be doing a live broadcast from this fabulous new venue, sampling the food on air and their beverages. So mm. very fun. Uh, we did the club there when they opened, and fabulous food over there too. Excellent. Uh, let's see here, December 27th, uh, for local things coming up, Customer Rewards Night. This is one of those that you sort of find out about if you're in the know. Um, Nordstrom's has what they call Customer Rewards Nights, and if you're a level two uh, reward card holder or, or higher, you've been notified by some, whether it be through mail, email, um, personal invitation. They picked a night, which happens to be the 27th from 7.30 to 11. Uh, where you can come in, and it's their way of saying thank you. They do um, goodies to eat and drink, and it's 10 points per dollar spent that night. So all of us personal shoppers and everybody, we try to help you guys get your stuff ahead of time so you can just enjoy the atmosphere of the event. Uh, They do a couple of other ones, smaller ones. uh, I think one's on the 4th and one on the 30th, one's in the morning. I think the, the one on the 4th is in the morning. So there's a couple of different chances to be able to indulge in that and have a good time. And Nordstrom's being, you know, one of our cornerstones to our holidays. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always fun to know about that. Um, wine events. You have the um, St. Nick wine event coming up. That's over in um, Woodenville, Washington. And I don't think I put it on the notes here. I should have. But, oh, there it is. Yes, your St. Nicholas Day open house for... Um, Woodenville. This is Woodenville wine country, so all the different wineries participate this. They have beautiful decorations. You get to walk from place to place to place, um, enjoying the different wines. Uh, so instead of paying individual fees, you pay one fee, and you get to bounce around to any of them. It covers the weekend for both the 3rd and the 4th, and you go to www.woodenvillewinecountry.com to purchase those tickets. So um, that'll be a fun one. Mm, that sounds great. On uh, next Monday, November 28th, we are going to be at Apex Alder Ridge in Woodenville for doing our show live. And we've coupled it with their holiday shopping extravaganza. So we are going to have uh, the live show going on from 6 to 7. They're going to have different vendors in there, I believe, like Tupperware, um, Stella and Dot, uh I can't remember, oh, Vault Denim, Pampered Chef, uh, and Diana's Delights, to name a few, are all going to be in there showing their fabulous wares and fun stuff for the holidays. So pop in, be a part of the show. We're going to be handing out swag bags. Um, we're, there's going to be all kinds of fun prizes and stuff going on. So put that in your calendar for the 28th. Wow, neat, neat stuff. I know, we have a lot of fun stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell about the New Year's Eve event? Well, I know I, I, I've been listening about this, and I know it's the Roaring Twenties theme, and I've been on the website a few times. It looks so much fun. I know. And you so get to go on the Royal, is that correct? Yes, the Royal, which yeah. if you've never been on the Royal Argosy, it looks amazing. It's something like right out of a, 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 the Twenties. It's red velvet yeah. seating. I mean, Beautiful. it's going to be it's going to be very elegant and fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I if I remember correctly, there's going to be red carpet entrances. Is that correct? Yes. Ah, uh, you got to have that on New Year's Eve. Yes, a lot show of fun. Those gorgeous, correctly done outfits. Yes. <laughs> and I think there's photographers that will be there uh, doing the whole uh, kind of Pavarotti entrance as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, now. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the food. What, what what kinds of nibbles do people get for 
uh, this party there? This party is going to be considered an all-inclusive. So your um, appetizers and your dinner is all included, and so are your beverages. If you're going VIP, your beverages are going to be premium, Mm. as well as the dinner is going to be um, paired with wines for each course. So you're going to get a little bit more of a um, a fun, you know, introduction into the New Year's Eve. There'll be, um, of course, the whole party noisemakers and everything for the New Year. When um, you get to see the fireworks go off, they position themselves in front of the Space Needle, so you get to enjoy that whole show as well as the evening itself. Um, time period music will be playing. We have lots of entertainment that is going to bring the 1920s to um, the boat for the night. And uh, a lot of surprises, which we're not inclined to say anything about yet. Um, but there's going to be a lot of prizes for um, different attire. We've got a, a whole, I don't even know, it's just monstrous how much stuff is going to be going on. But the um, crux of it all is we have, I think the boat holds 425 um, and there's different tables, so if you want to get a group of people together, um, reserve a table and sit with your friends and have a good time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. We Oh, and then we're also time period music um, with a live band and singers, and then we're also bringing in a DJ to take it up a notch so mm-hmm. we can dance off some of that alcohol we're going to be drinking all night long. You know, one thing that I think is so great about this, as, I, as I've been following what you've been doing for it, is you talk about building a theme into an event. Oh, yeah. And you have really done an excellent job on this. Everything from, like, the visuals, I mean, to, like, Prohibition Lounge. I mean, this is really fun. A lot of thought, time, and effort had put into what is going to be a really fun, successful night for singles, couples, or groups of friends. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Jason um, Brendon from Seattle Wine Exchange and um, Donald were the two who um, had started the idea, and Tracy and myself were looking at a very similar idea, and we got our heads together kind of chatting back and forth. And you know when you have different events going on, you're like giving hints. And so we're going back and forth and it's like, oh, well, okay, I'll just tell you about this. And they're like, oh, well, I'll just tell you about that. And we very quickly realized that we were heading in the same direction. We might as well get together and, you know, pull all of our ideas. Mm-hmm. And some of the details of the night are just going to be fun. Really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, I really like the idea of like, Pulling a group of friends together, and that to me is very enticing. I might have to look at my friends list and see who I can get on board. Oh, yeah, because, you know, New Year's, I think a lot of people, we had some singles who were concerned. They're like, you know, am I going to be the only single there? I was like, oh, my gosh, there are so many people who have asked me that question. (laughs) Um, And if we do get to maintain the entire boat, we've got it set up where we're going to have the singles up on the top level where the atmosphere will be catered more towards a single Roaring Twenties party scene. <laughs> so each floor, um, in in a perfect world, will have the singles up on top on the main uh, on the the top level. VIP will be the second level, and um, the main level will be the general admission. Now between the singles and the general admission, you'll be able to bounce back and forth freely. And VIP, of course, will be able to go to all three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will be different fun things going on throughout the whole night on the different levels. So it'll be fun. Very much great event. So excited. <laughs> I am too. Okay, well, for all of our socially savvy fans, be sure to like us on Facebook um, to be entered into our drawings for prizes from our secret sponsors. Um, we announce different uh, sponsors every week um, that they give us uh, a way of introducing their product to um, our listeners which in the form of our swipe bags. So when you show up live to a broadcast, you walk away with a swag bag full of their stuff to actually try. It's not just coupons and this is here. Go home and try this. So we want to thank them. 
Um, our sponsors this week are Padded Creek Cellars, um, Fantasy Wickless Candles, Go Girl Energy Drinks, Pop Chips, Pops Beer, Sweet Talk Wipes, Bellevue Nordstrom's Cosmetics, Eyelash Candy Boutique, Cascade Ice, Kind Bars, um, Black Bottle Posture, and of course, Gunner Nordstrom's Gallery. Mm. Where if you need art, come and buy it. It makes you feel better. <laughs> well, thank you, Count Cody, so much for being a part of the show and being with us today. Um, and bringing your party ideas and everything. Well, what a pleasure. I mean, this has been so much fun. And, you know, it's that time of year where it's just coming up with new ideas, sticking to the classics, put it all together, but just get out there, have fun, and make it great for your guests. Yep, I totally agree. So everyone have a socially savvy week, and um, we hope to catch you next week. Take care.